0: Good evening, Kodo listeners. You are tuned into to KOTO Telluride, and we are here for Off the Record. This evening, we are going to be talking all things plastic. Um, The Colorado legislature recently passed a bill that will eliminate some single-use plastics in the coming years, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, I am your host, Julia Caulfield, and as a reminder, this is a call-in program, so if you have any comments or questions, please give us a call, 970-728-4333. I have three lovely guests in studio this evening. We have Tyler Simmons, who is the Zero Waste Coordinator for EcoAction Partners. Zoe Denal, who has the longest title in San Miguel County.
1: Business <laughs> Development and Sustainability Director.
0: Yeah, that is what it says on your website yes. <laughs> for Mountain Village. And then Jonathan Greenspan, who is a member both of the Telluride Ecology Commission and the Mountain Village Green Team. Thank you all so much for being here this evening.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Um, so to start off, this is a question that probably seems like a very obvious answer to all y'all. But why should we be talking about plastics and plastic reduction, and this is like an issue to even be discussing in the first place? Tyler, I'm going to you.
2: All right. <laughs> oh, man, there's a lot of answers. Um, Lots of pros and cons with plastic. Uh, obviously, it's a, a miracle substance. Uh, our lives today, you know, depend upon it. Um, so what can we do with it? You know, I think uh, we'll, we'll be finding out a lot more about that in the future. Um, but we're also coming to find out that it's quite the pollutant um, for our environment and also for us in the environment. So how do we manage that? and how are how can we be responsible with our
3: plastics usage
1: yeah
3: go ahead jonathan oh to to piggyback off of that i mean it's it's in everything that we uh interact with it's in our food now it's in our water systems now Uh, we're finding it in um in animals Um, it's pretty much all over the place and there's billions and billions of pounds every year produced that float around either in the ocean or shipped out to other countries that uh, have no resource to be able to handle it and then it's just pretty much piled up. So it's a matter of being able to re-resource it back out or just not use it at all. It it is a toxin.
1: And I'll just keep going and you know a big part that Jonathan said is the waste management And now, thanks to COVID and many other reasons, but we've produced more waste than ever before. And plastics, like Tyler said, they are great things, but there is a lot out there now. And we have to figure out a better way to to manage it and use it, reuse, recycle.
0: Yeah. Well, so on that note we're kind of we're here having this conversation specifically this evening or or now because the colorado legislature did recently pass a bill that's been in the works for years it kind of felt like oh now it's happening um and it will eliminate or ban a number of single-use plastics in the state in the coming years um including so starting in 2023 There will be a charge, a $0.10 charge on single-use plastic bags. And then in 2024, those are going to be eliminated completely, and there will be a charge on paper bags even. Um, Of course, it will not apply to everything. There are some exemptions. There's a number of exemptions, actually, including like pharmacies, pharmacies, dry cleaners, bulk food, and meats, things like that can still um, be wrapped in plastic. And then it only applies for stores or businesses that have four or more locations or three or more
3: excuse me you're right i'm yeah. sorry four more
0: <laughs> i know i said it backwards mm-hmm. <laughs> three or fewer stores are exempt from this um and then i guess w- one that feels like big at least locally based on the conversations that we've had is that it allows municipalities to be more restrictive than the state which is new um, and is not allowed currently kind of a whistle stop tour of what the what the bill is um but i'm curious to hear from y'all who have been working in this world for a while have cared about this for a while like how does it feel that we're actually okay maybe taking a step forward
1: I want to hear from you, Jeff. Yeah,
3: everybody wants to hear from uh-huh. well, Jonathan.
1: Has been actually nice job yeah, on doing your yeah.
3: homework on that yeah. um, I, I myself just reread the the final signature of the bill this afternoon just to make sure I have all my facts right. But basically, what it what it does is it doesn't eliminate single-use plastics or certain types of plastics. So what it does is gives the ability for the municipalities to choose to be able to eliminate them or do what they want based upon a, a previous law. That was in the state since, uh, gosh, I think in the 80s, um, in the in the state, not the states, Um, and it was um, basically disallowed any municipality from banning any types of plastics whatsoever. It was built that way in the 80s to be able to stimulate the recycling market, and fast forwarding for uh, how many years? uh, 80s, 90s, uh, you know, 30 years or 20 years, whatever. We know that that has not been happening. Okay, So this law, which has been in the works for about four years, it lumped a couple uh, uh, law, uh, um, bills together. And you, you correctly said the uh, p- paper bag and plastics one. The preemption one was striking that language that disallowed municipalities. And in uh, January uh, 24, elimination of polystyrene containers, clamshells of all s- sorts which is a big, big step forward. Personally, for us, in our smaller communities and other uh, mountain towns or resort communities, the one that really sticks out and helps us the best is the the elimination of the preemption law. So now we can choose through all of us, whether it be a, a, uh, um, a, a referendum on that or Staff in the two different towns decided to draft something in an ordinance to put it forward. There's a couple out there that I strongly recommend. uh, The modeling after is the City of Denver just implemented one, and the City of Berkeley, California, had one for a little while now, and we can go into that a little bit later. But um, nevertheless, those are the big steps that really help us. So single-use plastics, inclusive of the little packets of ketchup, mustards, and things like that. And that's a big, big step moving forward.
1: Said it beautifully.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was funny when I was thinking back, back about this. Jonathan, you won't know this, but um, one of the first when I first moved here a couple years ago, I was covering Mountain Village Town Council for the first time, and Jonathan, you got up and were speaking on this bill that was moving through then, for like. We're talking very eloquently about this whole thing. I was like, "Who was this guy?" <laughs> and then I come to know, ah, Jonathan Greenspan. We all know. <laughs>
3: and COVID kind of interrupted, but what they ended up doing is combining a couple bills. There was a polystyrene bill, there was a preemption bill, and then there's the the statewide uh, plastic bag bill. This one just uh, put it all together. And it had a couple stumbling blocks, but it kind of came back together at the end of the uh, of the period.
1: Yeah, I was I spectated Jonathan, and it was definitely a roller coaster. <laughs> It
3: was like, it's happening. Oh, God, maybe. Oh, not. I trip and fall
0: on my face. <laughs> I mean, on a non-specific to um, what this means for the community, but how did y'all get interested? Like, Jonathan, why is this a passion of yours for plastic and recycling and reusing?
3: Oh, you're going to tax my memory. Um, actually, it, of course, is, is these folks know, that uh, I've been in the... Uh, Recycling business for uh, several, several years, thirty plus years. Can
1: we say decades? (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I knew what was uh, selling in markets and what we had markets for, and what we didn't. And then um, fast forwarding after um, that period of my life ended, is um, we were sitting in an ecology commission meeting. And uh, Mayor Delaney, it was Councilperson Delaney at the time, um, and uh, Councilperson um, Todd Brown said, hey, can we do something about plastic straws and stirrers? At that time, uh, Kirsten Talbert and I jumped up and said, yeah, we'll we'll start putting together a program. And then we joined forces with uh, Joanna Kinnell and uh, um, Mandy White. and we started doing a survey with the community and tapping into that and it just kind of escalated as we learned on the on the route there there were some stumbling blocks some rules that uh, prevented us from creating an ordinance we then teamed up with the mountain village and started going down a path to find out what exactly we can do with these laws in place that's what we started to say if we eliminate these laws then we can get to where we want to be nice
0: you mentioned,
3: and I do remember you being at that council meeting, by the
0: way. <laughs> wow, look at that go! <laughs> um, well, so you mentioned, you know, ketchup packets, plastic mm-hmm. straws, all these sorts of things. Obviously, plastic bags, styrofoam containers, these sorts of things. When you're thinking about um, places, you think that change, like quote unquote, maybe easy places that that change needs to happen or eliminations can or should happen. What are like the big ticket items that you would say this is what? is gonna be the most beneficial if we can get rid of this?
1: Well, plastic bags, and as Jonathan knows, the takeout containers are huge, and he's working on a solution for that. Um, I mean, straws, there's there's so much. Any of these, another great thing that came out of COVID is businesses were able to adapt, and with that adaption, especially restaurants, takeout became a staple, and I think we're all kind of used to that as well. So you know there was, was a culture shift and i think a big part of this now will to is i don't want to say correct that culture shift but maybe realign that culture shift into a more sustainable future so i think helping with that would be fantastic another big part of all of this is you know people are always say oh it's more expensive to go this route you know this was our businesses are going to close if we do this but it's absolutely not the case and thanks to Rules and regulations like this, um, it's making other businesses make reusables more affordable because the demand is out there. And um, so I'm pretty excited about that. But I think, yeah, our restaurant community is going to, there's a lot of opportunities there.
2: Yeah, I like what you said there, Zoe. Um, And I think there will be a trickle down effect, too, on, uh, you know, that low hanging fruit, those low hanging fruit businesses um, that will, you know, then cause others in that cultural sh- change to happen, cause others to shift, um, and hopefully that'll bleed into into retail um, and and potentially you know bleed into even what you're getting you know um, you know all the packaging you know retailers are getting and what packaging you may get through the mail and and all of that too. I think that's a little bit further down the road, but I think it still could be like another stepping stone along the path.
1: Yeah, I. I 100% agree with that, especially where we live. I mean, how many of us get most of our things shipped in here, and the packaging is big, but there are some great companies out there like Lime Loop and so many others that are have started this long ago that I think will bring us to this next step in our future.
0: I mean, on that note, though, you know, we look at, at least I think, and I'm not seeing necessarily behind the scenes of all these businesses and where they're getting um, products and things like that, but... When I think to our communities, it seems like a lot of our businesses kind of are taking these steps already. It's not like we have a huge number of plastic bags floating around our grocery stores or stores of any kind, but then we do get so much shipped in from other places. And so in that regard, having this be something that's local, having having this be something that's Colorado, is it actually really making a difference?
2: I think you'd be surprised, actually, how many plastic bags are still being given out within our community. And um, I think that there there is kind of like that cultural change is kind of starting to happen, you know. But there's still uh, there's still a bit of uh, of work to do on that, and still some conveniences people aren't willing to give up yet.
1: And when it comes to any sustainability effort, moving the needle is the most frustrating thing ever. Jonathan will very much speak to that. But um, but it matters. So I don't think you can ever say it's not worth it. It doesn't make a difference. Because as Tyler keeps saying, it's all about culture change. I mean, getting people on board. So you help people. You lead that way here locally. You help it lead in the state. And more and more people are advocating for it because they have had the experience of, oh, this isn't that hard. Wow, my life is actually maybe a little bit better because I... Um, know that I'm doing my part, and it just kind of trickles down. So, I I think it it does matter. It's always hard because it takes a lot of work. As again, Jonathan will know, but um, <laughs> but it's definitely worth it.
3: There's just you know you got to look at the uh, both Tyler and Zoe brought up uh, cultural differences and behavioral changes in one way or another, and you got to start. We always look at the retail aspect of things. We go in the store, we pull off, a, some people pull off a, a case of bottled water or something like that and they put it in the cart and they take it home. Then they don't really realize where it goes next after the consumption of that product. Now bottled water and things like that, Pepsi, Coke, whatever, things I don't drink very much, but um, they're not single-use plastics at all because you take the top off, you take a swig, you put the top back on, right there it's become multiple use. So. But if you look at it the, the terminus of the product, what where does it go? And then you start backing into uh, okay, so it goes into our little blue bin, but where does it go after that and how far does it go? And then how where does it end up in market? When you start compiling all that data, you realize Oh, it's really got to change in our small communities before it can change in our larger communities and even statewide, nationwide. So that's, that's where you, when, when waste stream, you always start at the very end and you work your way backwards to find out where it's been coming from. Yeah. But uh, just as a footnote, what was it 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, we did, uh, the town of Telluride led this, uh, they did the uh, ban on plastic bags. And um, what do we see now? Everybody going in with their own bags. Mm-hmm. So that cultural behavioral change has already started, as Tyler referred to. So we can just carry it to other things as well.
1: And, you know, we have to remember a big part of our population is the visitor population. And uh, its it becomes kind of a fun cultural thing they get to be a part of, but it definitely... You have to think that it carries with them when they go back to wherever they came from. But I know everybody loves, like, oh, I know I've been here before. I'm pretty much a local. I know I need to bring my own bag. Um, so I think it, it is definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. What do you see, you know, as we've mentioned, there are some of these cultural elements that are already ingrained in San Miguel County, in Telluride and Mountain Village. What do you see as some of the the big shifts that you anticipate for businesses or restaurants or organizations that you think oh these are things that they're going to have to tackle just given the outline of the bill itself and then especially if the local municipalities decide to take further steps which both mountain village and telluride have definitely spoken to that that is something that they would like to do once given the opportunity
1: I think it's all about timeline you know our businesses have a lot of hardships right now and we don't want to throw another not this would be a hardship but you know a wrench in their system Um, but I think we have a strong relationship with all of our businesses and to Tyler's point I mean or whoever said it we have to give credit to our businesses because they are trying I mean a lot of our businesses already are doing a lot to be more compostable or reusable um so it's giving them the tools of easy like you're using this but here's maybe some options you could use and different price points and building out that toolkit to make it easier for them um and giving them enough ample time to make that change without them feeling rushed or pressured or you know we want them to be part of the process and have it be a positive process
2: yeah like zoe's saying too uh kind of holding their hand through it uh, and all they have to do is say yes or or make that little change,
3: uh, giving them the recommendations absolutely helps. I see it kind of going full throttle a little bit differently. Um, I think Colorado being one of the first states in the country to do something like this, of course Vermont and California have been out there already and others, but um, I think what you're going to see is the reintroduction of this bill that we just got passed, but more of an accelerator on it so that we don't have such a long runway of years to come before we activate it. As these guys were just talking about, a lot of our businesses have already done, worked hard at making an adjustment. And as I talked with a lot of legislators in Denver and, and asked, we're ready to go. Why can't we just pull the trigger on this? So if that was, those things fall in place for future legislative uh, sessions, then all of a sudden you're going to see uh, more activity from the mountain towns and resort towns and even smaller towns that want to participate. In that
0: yeah, um, kind of in those ways that businesses have already been successful. And ooh, we're getting a call. I'm going to have y'all pop those headphones on. Hi, you're live on Kodo.
3: Hey, you. uh I'm
1: Uh, You know, Jonathan's uh, position on the Town of Telluride Ecology Commission, uh, the one uh, regional seat, um, I think that's quite
3: unique, Um, and there's a bit of leverage there regionally, uh, you know, between the Town of Mountain Village and the Town of Telluride. Uh, I guess this is maybe
1: a little bit of a political ecology. I don't know if you want to broaden your jurisdiction to to include that under the term of of ecology, but,
3: uh, you know, what can we do to
1: coordinate uh between the town of telluride and mountain village and what sort of um further restrictions would you think would be the place to start thank you thanks for your question thanks doug um it is fantastic to always collaborate you know to your point you want to be efficient and effective and we've had many conversations of how This needs to be a regional effort. You know, it won't make any sense if we have someone coming down here in Telluride with one expectation and going up to Mountain Village and it's a whole different scenario. So for uh, the purpose of a culture shift and the purpose of really making this region um, take a step forward, we definitely have to do it collaboratively. And so those conversations have already happened. Um, The town has recently hired a new environmental efficiencies and grant coordinator, her name's Lauren McDivitt. She'll be working closely with Karen, um, with the town of Telluride and both the green team and the ecology commission um, will work collaboratively on this. So um, those conversations have already begun and we'll make sure to maintain that spirit as we move forward.
3: Um, so Zoe's exactly right. I mean, we, we cannot go over the gondola and have a different set of rules over there. It has to be a regional effort. Uh, but taking it another step forward, uh, when the it was this bill was going through the the state house, uh, and they dropped the preemption language, uh, a few of us got together and got all the mayors, uh, most of the mayors, not all the mayors, most of the mayors together, and or. Uh, respected parties in the towns and started pushing for that preemption language to get put back in the bill and the Senate did that and then it ultimately ended up on Polis's desk but the point being is taking the next steps, what we're doing right now is um, we're not necessarily doing this as as a um, the the town of Telluride, the town of Mountain Village doing this but uh, the organizations are doing this, they're getting the town of Aspen, the city of Aspen Uh, Town of Avon, Vale, Steamboat, Crested Butte, hopefully Town of Telluride and Mountain Village and others to launch a program that's a stepping stone to get to the next level of not banning them because that's against the law, okay, until for three more years, but systematically eliminating them through a marketing campaign or a public notice. I haven't had a chance to talk with Zoe about this yet, so this is new to her. <laughs> on
1: air is the perfect. Right. i, I going <laughs> have that conversation uh, right
3: now. <laughs> uh, we've had some lengthy conversations with the mayor of Aspen, and we're we're hoping to um, launch us all on the same date. Uh, we don't have a date specific, but we're hoping before the uh, ski season starts, and so I just think that puts. Um, it's something credible in the, in, the, in the communities as they're banding together to get this pushed through. They got it pushed through as a group. They're going to get it pushed through as a notoriety next.
0: On that, I mean, can you give a little bit of a, a preview of, like, when you think about these stepping stones of recognizing that municipalities can't ban plastic bags or more plastic for another three years from now, what do you see as some of those stepping stones to essentially say, hey, ban or not, we're going to get us to that point by the time we're even eligible to?
3: (laughs) as my colleagues look at me, Um, (laughs) I think that that's a great question. That's, that's a really good question. And the stepping stones are are kind of parallel uh, in in this. Uh, One, I think we need to uh, adopt a similar law, if not identical laws to the city of Berkeley California and the, and the um, city of Denver that just activated theirs like last month, maybe two months ago, whatever. And that, that law states that um, businesses that have plastics of certain type are no longer allowed to just automatically put it in the bags of the to go containers or drop it on their tables and and things like that. They would ha- the the customer would have to ask purposely. Now if you think about the psychology of all that when you pick up a to-go thing, typically, not always, you don't put it on your lap, drive your car, and try to scoop it in. Yes, people do that, but it's, um,
0: <laughs> I do that. That's, <laughs> um,
3: but theoretically, you take it back to your house, right. you either put it on another plate or at your office or whatever. So, uh, typically, a lot of communities, and we can help people do this, is some sort of utensils. You leave it at work. OK, so you only need this item versus the bag, the single go, single use plastics, everything else that some places just take handfuls of that stuff and toss it in the bag. The second thing we can do is activate every usable program that makes a lot of sense for our restaurants here. Now, recently, um, that has been allowed for. There was a hesitation with the health inspecting uh, aspect of it because of COVID, but now that door has been open and we're moving through it. So we're trying to introduce some sort of reusable program. A couple of hiccups on the pro and the and the pathway to get there, but we'll get there. And then all of a sudden, you can take your own container to it, and ask for it. Yes, there'll be situations where you go, to, um, you know, the, the, if you're at the market, for instance, or the the Clarks or something. You know, you're getting something in the. Uh, um, at the deli counter there, and they have to weigh some, so they would have to weigh the container first and start over there versus an automatic weight type of thing of all those typical ones. Because every one of these reusables will be a little bit, a little bit different weight, and we're not trying to hurt any businesses there. But there could be some other ideas here.
0: Well, I mean, on that note, I know that Eco Action Partners has um, some programming or programs as well to already help businesses, you know, reuse or, or change the way they use single-use plastic. Tyler, can you talk the, talking about the recycling program? <laughs> yes, the, yeah, the, pl- the, the plastic, plastic bag, bag plastic thumb, film yeah. program.
2: Yeah, we, we have a variety of programs. Just to kind of uh, finish up um, what Jonathan was saying there, too, I think, uh, to get us to that point in three years, you know, and to, to really incentivize, uh, we have to incentivize through cost savings and showing that. So we try to do that a bit with our green business program. Um Obviously, it can be more successful with some businesses than others Um, And I I don't run the green business program. We have Adrian uh, running that um, So he can speak to those challenges, but we have quite a few businesses that that love to participate and are just looking for Advice and looking for you know cost savings and and whatever sort of resource that we can supply for them on that Um, and so you know uh, Yes, we we try to cut down on single-use plastics and, and things like that try to try to tell businesses not to buy compostable plastics because we don't have a municipal composting program things like that of course that's up to them to do um but uh but also we try to get businesses um uh to participate um if they receive like retail businesses um such as jagged edge they receive all of their jackets and shoes and all the different things in individual plastic bags. Um, So with the help of Jake Neese, who's now a Kearney County Commissioner in Uray County, um, uh, we started a plastic bag upcycling program through Trex. Um, So Trex is a company that builds composite decking out of these plastic bags. Uh, You'll see their bins at city markets, you'll see them at Targets, you'll see them all over the place. Um, but that's just another resource for businesses that are receiving all of those plastics. Jagged was already spending, you know, $100 or hundred or more sending all of their plastic film to Denver to do all of this. So opening up those pathways locally um, is helping our local businesses. Um, and it's just a stepping stone still. There's, there's a lot more that could be done.
0: I mean, on that note, you earlier were speaking to how... Obviously, we can try and eliminate what we're using or use less of, but there's also a lot of plastic that is just already in the world that we have to kind of figure out something to do with. What are some of the things, this upcycling program is definitely a piece of that, but what are what are ways that folks or businesses, we can look towards, okay, we have these things now, what do we do with them so they're not going into the water stream and hurting the environment more than they already are?
2: Well, that's a tough one, um, and Jonathan uh, was speaking a little bit on uh, addressing this plastics problem uh, from the end market back to where it starts, uh, and that's a great way of mapping it all out, of course. But um, we are absolutely told, and we we believe that it is our responsibility to deal with these plastics that are created, you know, that we are consuming. Um, but I think really the major push uh, solutions wise is, is to go after, um, the corporations and and their sort of incentives to just keep producing, uh, and to hopefully, you know, get some responsibility going on there. Now that may be a lofty goal, but, um, I think that's the the best way to answer that in the big picture.
1: (laughs) And it is fun to have Jonathan here because, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, to your point, you said that, you know we have all of these things that we already have. So it's not even like about stopping it or um, whatnot. And he actually was in the recycle industry, so knows how it is. So it's it's incentivizing those recycling industries to make it worth their while to recycle a lot of these pieces because we're falling behind on that. And it's becoming less and less, uh, I don't know how you say lucrative because it's not lucrative, but the incentive is, is dwindling away. So to you know broaden what um they can get money on of what they recycle and to to make sure they are continued to be incentivized to do that i mean to his point like it gets shipped off to china or whatnot because no one's gonna take it here and then by the time it gets to china no one wants it there either so we have to figure out a a better way um for people to want to be part of that industry
2: yeah uh take electronics recycling um I don't know how many years this has been going on, but um, I know that uh, the federal government or the state governments, I'm not quite sure, have incentivized um, for veterans to get into that, and they've given them money to start their own recycling businesses. Um, And so you'll find that veterans are usually, or really the only people I've interacted with when I've uh, talked with
3: electronics recyclers think what you're going to see in addition to what's been talked about there's some technologies that are out there that are converting plastics for instance into a product of some sort besides the reuse of um back into uh, pet bottles or something like that there's an individual in um oh gosh uh, southeast asia i forget. i feel like it's the philippines but i'm It could be one of the other countries there that have figured out a way to make pavers out of it, uh, stone pavers. So she's been on a quest and successfully doing it, providing pavers for her uh, country all over the place, her villages and whatnot. Now, they have their monumental own pile out there, but what's really coming down the line that's going to help all of this is EPR, Extended Producer Responsibility. And so there is currently, um, I'm affiliated with Recycle Colorado and their policy committee currently, and there's three bills that are going to be introduced for the 22 legislative season. And EPR, if you can make it out of the policy committee, and it's looking pretty strong. will provide for that in the next few years, starting in the Front Range merging over. Which means that the, the infrastructure of getting a, a system in place there is every community will have to have some sort of drop-off or collection system to th- that it goes back. Now, EPR systems, just so everybody knows, is a cost that is passed on to the consumer 100% of the time. But it, it, if it provides the peace of mind that it's if the the end use product is being taken care of in the proper way then maybe that's what has to happen but epr uh, keep an eye on it it's it's coming and um and i don't think necessarily just statewide it, it's there's a big strong push uh, uh towards uh companies their shipping companies like amazon and other uh shipping companies uh but they also are at the um uh, Samsung and Vizio and and uh hewlett Packard's and every other biz- business that makes electronics to Coke and Pepsi and other bottler companies as well.
0: Yeah. Um, as a reminder to listeners, you are tuned into KOTO Telluride. We're talking about plastic on off the record um, this evening. If you have a question or comment, give us a call 970-728-4333. Tyler, you mentioned compostable plastic, and I feel like a lot of people in our area, in our region, we we like we want to do the right thing, right? We want to like take steps to make to do our part, and then you see things like. A compostable plastic, and you're like, awesome, that's something that's good. But then, you know, you're saying that's not actually necessarily getting to the end result that we want. And so for those of us just walking around who aren't necessarily making decisions on where we're ordering bulk things for a restaurant or business or whatever that might be, and who are trying to do what's right, but it's kind of overwhelming sometimes, like what should folks either be looking for or avoiding? Whether it seems like, oh, that might be a good thing, but it's actually not helping.
2: Yeah, that's tough. It depends on where you are. It depends on where you're receiving or where you may be uh, dropping off um, the waste um, or your cup or whatever you may have. Uh, For the festivals here in Telluride, um, we do uh, have a contract with an industrial composter. So uh, unfortunately, all of that uh, compost will go miles away um over to like austin colorado which is near delta um and then it'll get ground up and placed in a furnace um at the magic number of 170 degrees and uh and then laid out in windrows. so it has to be you know processed uh and when you see uh, here in telluride we don't have you know municipal composting so when you see um you know a compostable cup you know, that's given to you at a coffee shop or something like that. And it's really not that the the business isn't trying to do the right thing, and they're, they're spending more money on uh, what seems to be the right thing. Um, but it, it's not recyclable. It ends up just going to the landfill, um, and it doesn't break down um, within, you know, a, a good amount of time. Um so you know we really have to either tackle that we could tackle that in two different ways either by talking to the businesses and trying to convince them that maybe a recyclable option is better or a reusable option is always better um obviously in in our current situation with the pandemic it's pretty tough to do that uh for some businesses but um or um or you go uh to the government you go uh in hopefully to b- local businesses we we almost had a municipal composting program come online um, a year or two ago, I believe it was, and, uh, and that's, that's been in the works, um, 3XM. Um, I'm not quite sure where we're at on that, but, um, but yeah, uh, we either need to provide that resource for the consumers or we need to, to hit it at the source and, and try to make sure that those plastics don't end up here, but it's all about education, of course.
1: Um, so it's the Mott's Brothers with 3XM and Olathe. And so although that feels like a regional composting facility, it's still not truly as regional as you'd like it to be. And Jonathan has been in this fight far longer than I have, but a true regional composting facility is a huge step into this process. And it is in a very, very, very difficult um Step to accomplish because you need space to do so and as we all know we have very little space here um so we have tried very hard to come up with creative um solutions to that and we will continue to brainstorm and come up with um you know hopefully find a solution but it we're all working on it by all i mean you know san Miguel county town of mountain village town telluride because we all know how important it is um but in saying that you know the the saying now is um, reduce reuse recycle so it does start with educating our everyone on re- using less and um, you know to Jonathan's point like don't put out this the certain plastic things only when people ask for it and that will definitely be a huge part of this process because right now we have to ship everything out of here or truck it out of here or whatever so the fewer things that we can do that with the better Um, and it is a really hard conversation of what is the right product I mean it's wonderful that there's so much technology going on that that right product is most likely right around the corner but we do our best with what we have now I mean, you always have that fight of a person when you say, no, use a reusable bag, and you look, and sometimes, because people don't always have that same reusable bag, and instead they have a hundred reusable bags, it ends up being worse than using like a paper bag or something along those lines. So there's a lot of math behind all of these decisions, and really focusing on that exact perfect equation of that culture shift to really make a difference, and um, making those Um, conveniences to make sure that people um, do it in that way but you know so to that point we want to encourage our businesses to have more reusable options like having dishes that you wash that includes infrastructure updates you now have to get bigger sinks or sinks that you didn't even have before and so there's all these additional costs that you have to think about um, but it's all part of that that bigger equation
2: yeah and with the festivals we try to incentivize (laughs) Uh, reusable cups by putting a cool logo on it, you know, making it a souvenir, making it um, something that people can have pride in.
3: I've been kind of listening to both the answers and thinking, of how was I going to answer this one? Uh, Tyler's touched on some of the science behind composting, and the key word that that stuck with me on this conversation was when Zoe talked about convenience. And that is the, the stepping stone. We are not the I-25 corridor, so we're not going to have the same infrastructure that's going to be happening there. But just imagine this for a second. Instead of if you just increase the cost of bottled water, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's already more expensive than a gallon of gas as it is. But <clears throat> excuse me. But the consumer rules, if they choose not to buy something in plastic, like I'm going through my entire house of what products can I eliminate myself, reluctantly or easily. And if the consumer stops buying those products, it's going to drive another system. Picking on bottled water, for instance. If everybody starts using their own water bottle, then what are we going to need? We're going to need an ordinance of some sort to provide more watering stations and the convenience of that to make it easy from a little kid to an older individual to be able to refill on a consistent basis. If they have those things available to them and, and and all the tools in place, it's a different type of infrastructure, but it's an infrastructure that allows us to be successful in what we do.
0: Tyler, before we hopped on, you were mentioning that sometimes these conversations can end up a little bit uh, ho-hum or dreary. and Jonathan as you're saying that I was like well that sounds really hard (laughs) you know and so recognizing we're taking these small steps of allowing bans or eliminating things but I mean what you're speaking to is it's a whole change of the way that our society is interacting with this product so I mean where do we like that feels like a huge mountain that how do we even start climbing that
3: everybody's got to get on the same page. We've got to understand what exactly is happening to our waste stream and, and our consumer, cons, what we consume and how much we consume and then how we uh, get rid of stuff and, and thereof. You know, uh, ironically enough, currently right now, the EPA is doing a study of a trash audit of a couple facilities right here and I've been participating in that and it's incredible how much stuff uh, ends up in the wrong place. But um, I have personally passed through the education stage and, and found that that's kind of a circular conversation you know every five years, gets to the same beginning again, like, okay, and then maybe there's a few new people that come in, which is great. they got great passion and they wonderful people and uh, pretty well educated and whatnot. And then you start the whole process again, like, well, let's send out this. I've gone right through into mandate. I know people don't like that word at all, but um, it's a mandate can be a combination of incentives to to providing the right infrastructure to then get people to change this. And I think you're seeing a groundswelling that, especially in the restaurants around here, um, people they're concerned about the cost of trash getting it to the hauler to get to wherever it's going to go, and it's a hope and a prayer that it ends up in the right place. And I will lay odds, I'm not a betting person, but I'll lay odds that 9 out of 10 times it doesn't. So when you start thinking about it, is, it, is it looking at the problem as a whole, and you go, wh- how do we get our stuff? We import everything here, and we export everything here. So if you get that, your arms around that, and all of a sudden you can start saying, what are our solutions? And you kind of back your way into that.
0: We have another call. So headphones on. Hi, you're live on Codo. Hello.
1: Yeah, hey, this is uh, Ruth Felicelli, and one of the things that really drives me up the wall is when I'm at the market and I see our visitors with cases and cases of bottled
3: water in their carts. So we have to do a job, a better
1: job, of sort of educating our guests that are coming into town before they get here to let them know, hey, our water is better than what's in that bottle, number one. And also that using those bottles is not good for our environment.
0: Yeah, thanks for your... So I'm,
1: just throwing, I'm, so I'm throwing that out <laughs> to the panel and take it over from there. Thanks okay? for the comment. You're 100% right, Rube, as always. Um, but <laughs> Visit Telluride has shifted some of their um, campaigning, and they have done the Live Like a Local campaign, and a big part of that is educating guests of don't buy bottled water. We're in the mountains, mountain spring water. Are you kidding me? That's what's supposed to be in the bottle, but it's not. Um, So there is that effort of marketing to everybody and getting them to know. But I think even Jonathan said it, you know, it's a circular conversation when you continue to try to educate people. Um, We will always continue to educate people. um, But it's getting our businesses on board, too, to maybe – do water bottles instead of offering bottles of water it's hard because you make a lot of money selling bottles of water so um we just have to start looking at it in that way as well of you know again like jonathan said those incentives and whatnot um but yeah it's a big part and i know our lodgers are part of that live like a local campaign um, a lot of businesses and entities. We have flyers all over the place and banners. So hopefully we'll start becoming more ingrained in the community and everyone will get on board with it. Um, but we've definitely started that conversation.
2: You know, uh, a lot of visitors see us as very friendly people. Um, and I encourage people of our community to, to be friendly in uh, sparking up that conversation. I do it myself. And I find that uh, a lot of people initially think you're you're uh damning them or something you know but um but truly if you if you just educate them and just be excited about it and and be be kind you know they might even take away more than than reading something of course we need the we need the flyers out there we need you know partners in this we need we need all of that we need it online um but sometimes you know putting a face to it. And being like, hey, just so you know, like we're in the mountains and we get our water from these different areas, you know, um, it's fantastic water. Uh, it can be it can be a quick way to just make a friend and and, you know, encourage them. And then maybe they'll spread the word too. Uh, it seems like a scary thing to do, though. Yeah, I'm it just does. kidding. Talking but, to someone else. <laughs> we don't talk to we don't
1: talk to strangers here in California. That never happens. I thought we were I
2: think, friendly people. I think
1: my three year old has already learned to talk to strangers. It's fine. Everyone does it. Ooh, um, great, um, it's kind of, it's kind
3: of an, an interesting. it's kind of an interesting situation. Like, okay, if you put out a bunch of information flyers, brochures, whatever, which is more waste. That sometimes it can be, uh, and you you put up. If if but if you're at the store, and you put on the shelf the, the bottle of water, and you put a sign right next to it, and says. To recycle this material, it's going to cost the town of Telluride or town of Mountain Village X because of the, the distances, and they hit it right in the impact, right at their uh, source of purchase. Uh, at that point, then if you know, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, and Rube, you're right. I mean, not only do they buy all these bottled waters, but they leave them half-drank on benches and the gondola and other locations, and they just leave them. And they don't even finish them. So, but if you say all of a sudden the bottle of water and the fee goes for the recycling of that stuff versus or to make the incentive work and in saying, okay, if you buy this, X amount of this percentage of this money will go into the town of Mountain Village or town of Telluride. And all of a sudden you can buy water bottles for all your guests mm-hmm. that come in here. And then they're gonna, that's how you're going to really bust through the, the culture and the behavioral change. Like, oh, if I do this, then I'm going to get this as a reward, and then I'm, I can participate this way. And so it is step-by-step-by-step, a, a by step by step, and the connectivity of all, all of it is what really needs to be put in place. And it's not easy, but it can be done. It's not, it's not the first time uh, at all. I'm, my, my biggest fear on all of this is she has two lovely kids just recently, Okay. It's not going to be my generation. It may be these two generation coming up here. But just like we're treating the mine tailings all over the West, whatever state you're in, of reclaiming those, um, we're going to be doing that to landfills here in her children's lovely uh, future. I'm not trying to be.
1: To Debbie Downer. Already. Debbie Downer. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> no, I think it's coming.
3: I think it's coming, and then we'll actually be mining the landfills for materials mm-hmm. because we'll have to reclaim all this stuff. So if you think about that monstrosity of a cost to our uh, taxer, tax base, we've got to start doing something uh, interceptive now. Mm-hmm. I want her kids to be very happy.
1: Me too. <laughs> but I do want to give, you know, a lot of this, we are relying on our businesses to step up mm-hmm. and do a lot. And, you know, we've already talked about the higher level of corporate responsibility and, and uh, you know, starting there as well. But I do want to say thank you to a lot of our businesses because I know they are making this change. Like, I know a lot of lodgers do include a water bottle for everybody that stays at their rental and gives that little spiel. And a lot of uh, restaurants don't, are offering things in cans over bottles and um but it's not everybody and so we we are we will get there i have faith because we are such a tight-knit community and we all do want to try to do the right thing um for uh, ourselves and for the children of the future for sure
0: yeah um we i feel like we're running out of time which i never know how this happens that an hour just flies by um but we've mentioned like reusable cups or you know when you're going to the coffee shop or whatever that looks like reusable bags at the grocery store those feel like very obvious ones i think for a lot of people but if there was one single use plastic that you just feel like people use all the time and maybe don't even think about that is just like take that out of your daily life that's one that's easy to just remove what would
1: that be for each of you
3: I am not going first. Oh, I've already eliminated a lot. Um, Jonathan,
0: you mentioned that. What are some of the things that you
3: have... I I don't use straws. I don't use stirs. I don't use, um, you know, the little swords. um, You know, I I don't have... My cocktail is not that, so I don't use that stuff. (laughs) Um, But I don't... I think the number one thing, I don't do a whole lot of takeout orders, um, but I always start, wherever I am in my travels to other communities and and whatnot, I always start my ordering by saying, no plastics at all in my bag. And, you know, I've been spending a lot of time uh, in Denver, um, and I had to stay at a hotel for uh, several months uh, due to something going on, and uh, I became very friendly with the Panera people, Panera bread people. Never been to a Panera bread place in my life. After the first two days of dealing with me on the phone, and nobody likes to deal with me on the phone, I would say no plastics in my bag. By the end of the third month, they had it figured. They knew my number on the screen. This is Jonathan's here. (laughs) No plastics. Don't don't even think about it. No napkins because I had all that stuff at the hotel. And if you start doing that wherever you go, you start the conversation off with the bartender or the server, or say no plastics. They'll get that ingrained to them right away.
1: So, I'll just be, like, the token mom here and go with the <laughs> kid... Get a harder job. ...go the kid route. But, um, you know, with kids, man, there's a lot of waste. And because... With two kids, convenience is lovely. So you, you look for those things that are more convenient. But um, in saying that, you do have to maintain that responsibility. And I do want to shout out again to our community because I have yet to buy a single article of clothing for my kids. Any sort of toys, like how, all of their toys are made out of plastic, but not one of them have I bought. So just maintaining that culture of, of giving you know, we all have small places that we live here, so we all get rid of stuff often, but there's always somebody here to take those things. Um, and, and uh, you know, diaper, I mean, this goes beyond plastics, but um, I think it's maintaining, not always going for that convenience and always making sure that you give um, away as much as you can.
3: Good point.
2: Yeah, so we often think think about, like, straws and cutlery and different things like that um obviously um that's i felt like that was an easy one to cut out of my life just because i didn't want those things in my mouth anyway but um but i think a, a bigger uh or another easy thing for people to do or at least i've found it to be easy is that i try to buy everything i can in town or nearby um take like the for farmers example
1: markets yeah
2: the farmers markets are great um grow a garden yourself too you know so you don't have to buy you know lettuce in a, in a plastic container but but i i like to think of uh jagged edge just because i like being you know in the outdoors as many of you probably do too um i've noticed that their pricing is exactly the same as the businesses online um it's right here like they will handle all of the warranty stuff for you it's not coming in, you know, this, you know, plastic bag within a, a box that's within another box that's, you know, packed with, you know, different plastic pillows and things like that. Um, and you're helping out a, a local business. So, you know, whether you gotta go to ghost town for your groceries or, you know, um, you know, just try to try to keep it uh, somewhat around here, so you're not just constantly buying things off Amazon or You know uh different places that are gonna that are just gonna give you plastic regardless if you want it or not you know you can control that to a degree
0: all good answers um in our final minutes i am curious about one one or several um programs that are already taking place in we've already touched on some of them throughout the hour but programs that are already happening in the region that you're really excited about when it comes to reducing plastic use? And then also what you see is what kind of, not that this is over, obviously there's still a long ways to go, but what's like the next thing that you're excited about kind of tackling when it comes to living a little bit more sustainably?
1: Zoe, I'm pointing to you first. <laughs> um, so, sorry, the first part of that question
0: was What are things that you're excited about that are happening in the region when it comes to plastic reduction?
1: Okay, well, I'm excited for, obviously, this next uh, step in the plastics journey with the help of this wonderful bill that passed, thanks to a lot of our community members here that advocated for it. And it opens a lot of doors, but those doors mean that a lot of conversations have to begin and we all have to get on the same page of what those next steps are so I'm really excited for those those next conversations and um and working working with our community to you know we've talked about a lot of this like hand holding and you know I don't want to make it sound like you know belittling anybody because we're all um capable of taking on this responsibility and doing our part but I love the idea that we're all going to do it together and it really is gonna be a community effort. And I think it's gonna be a really exciting time for Mountain Village and Telluride to come together for this big step in the future of our environment and our community as a whole.
2: Uh, yeah, we've got a few programs at Eco Action Partners uh, that I'm, I'm excited about. One is that plastics, uh, plastic film upcycling program that I was talking about earlier. Um, and that's just been exploding and expanding it's been wild um it's kind of tough to keep up with sometimes but we're we've expanded it to ridgeway um over the last six months we're we're hoping to go to norwood soon um we're taking plastic film from all over it looks like we got a caller we though.
0: do in our final seconds we're gonna we're gonna go for it i apologize to rob hi you're live on coto hey how are you Lawson? Um, awesome fam please Ah, we got a lost and found item. All right. Um, um, Can I put you on hold for one quick second, and we'll grab you once we wrap up this conversation? Certainly. All right. One moment. All right. Tyler, yeah, I was you were just finishing saying,
2: up. Yeah, that plastic film upcycling program is really exciting. Everybody seems to be jumping on board. It's creating a lot of opportunity for people to to get rid of those things and feel like they're doing it right, you know, and that's really what, what these programs are about. So if anybody would like to participate, get in contact with us at Eco Action Partners. Um, we have a little shed that you can drop those plastic film off.
0: And that's in. largely for, I mean, it's kind of focused on businesses that are getting large amounts, but individuals can also participate, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, anybody can participate. I've actually... Um, expanded it to the festivals as well we collected about 60 pounds of plastic film from the two weekends of bluegrass uh, hoping to do a little something of jazz we'll see if it works out it could be interesting working with people on you know sorting contamination and things like that but if anybody's interested in participating uh, contest contact us at
3: eco action partners the door is open
0: amazing Jonathan.
3: Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a shameless plug. I'm part of an organization called the We Can Waste Energy Citizen Action Network. And we're trying to, we moved forward with launching a reusable program. And so that's in the works. We're, we're, we've been talking with Zoe and crew on that one, as well as the uh, Town of Telluride um, Farmers Market. And we're, we just haven't gotten it off the ground yet, but we are getting closer every day so stay tuned for that one because if that works in the farmers markets and some of the smaller um, uh, restaurants and whatnot then we're going to expand it to the to anybody that wants to participate on it in town-wide region-wide programs so that's that's in the works right now and stay tuned for that
0: amazing hard question but since we're already over time but a single word answer what is the next mountain that you want to climb when it comes to more sustainable living?
2: Culture. <laughs> oh, I took the,
3: the
0: <laughs> easiest. Took the word
1: out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gone first, Zoe. <laughs> I know. Like, always jump to Well, now I have to think about it. So maybe Jonathan
3: has one. Guys, there's a lot of them, but uh, it is culture behavioral change.
1: Culture. Let's just say it together. One, two,
0: three, culture. Culture. I love it. (laughs) Well, Tyler, Zoe, Jonathan, thank you so much for being here, joining in on this conversation. And, I mean, it seems like there's a f- some answers in the works, but still a lot more kind of like questions and conversations that are going to help with that cultural change. So I appreciate you for being here and being part of that conversation. Thank you to our listeners and those who called in, especially. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep more news and information going every weeknight here on KOTO Telluride. Thank you all for being here.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Julia.